mortgages can be a dry subject. So here's your oasis in the desert. It's the podcast that will get you talking and thinking, or more likely drinking. The Lennon to his McCartney, the Bird to his Ernie. It's the one and only Mortgage Stew and his sidekick Martin at the LM Experience. Welcome to the LM Experience. You're here now with episode four with myself, Stuart Gregory, and Mr. Martin Stewart. Hi, Martin. Hi, Stuart. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, very good, thank you. We all survived Christmas. I'm well into my 2018 diet. I've only put on £5 so far, so that's going well. Ah, uh, that's good. Very, very good. So here we are, yeah, absolutely, episode four. And um, let's just get straight into this, uh, Stuart. I hope you don't mind me saying this, but um, uh, you're ruthless, aren't you? Quite, <laughs> quite quite literally. Yeah, I mean, I don't mean that you're driving around uh, Hampshire beating your clients up if I've not paid your invoice, but you are quite literally without a roof. Indeed, yeah. A bit of a strange turn of events, something that you wouldn't normally expect to happen. Um, but the little village that I live in, which is just in the New Forest, uh, just outside of Bewley, where the Moat Museum is there. It's very posh. Uh, yeah, it's not really. <laughs> um, but we actually had, on the 29th of December, on the Friday in between Christmas and New Year, uh, a mini tornado that ran through the village. Literally. Literally went through the village. Um, the village is either side, completely untouched, and went through and completely devastated a large part of the village, including where we live. You sure that wasn't a, a, an unhappy client? It's no. It's a very specific tornado. If it was, it must have been a cartoon character. <laughs> um, yeah, very, very strange. Um, can have happened at just about 8am in the morning. Um, the wind itself the night before had been fairly normal. Uh, my wife had been out and walked the dog on the forest, came back, said to me, then wind's getting up a bit. Yeah. And then within half a minute, it was like a, a light switch had been flicked. Really? It was almost as if, you know, the kind of the, the USA kind of films, the Twister movies? Yeah. It was like that. Really? Outside, suddenly, swirling, the house was shaking. Um, we looked out the window. You actually couldn't see anything apart from this greyness that was just circling the house. Um, and it went over the house within about 30 seconds to 45 seconds. Well, uh, look, luckily, you, you were inside the house. I mean, if you were out and about, yeah. if, if, you, if your wife was still walking a dog, I mean, that could have turned into something like The Wizard of Oz. Oh, too right, yeah. I mean, the weird thing was, it, it passed over so quickly, we had a massive crash. Didn't quite know what it was. Um, I've got two daughters, and they both ran in, um, wanted to know what was happening, obviously scared, witless. Mm. Um, and walked into their bedroom, and there was already water pouring in the inside of their bedroom, running down the walls. So at that point, I knew there was something serious that happened to the roof, at least. So how, how, long, how long was that episode? Are we talking like less than a minute? Less than a minute. Less oh. than a minute. I mean, to give you an idea of the devastation that we looked outside to, um, all the fencing, not just the fencing, but also the concrete posts had been lifted up and thrown around. Um, so everybody's back gardens were open. I mean, mm. we had a massive house. It was great. Um, but apart from that, the kids' 12-foot trampoline had disappeared. Didn't have a clue where that had gone at that point. Um, got the children downstairs and my wife downstairs. Just decided, right, okay, we're just going to get out, first of all. Um, looked out the front window. Everybody was walking out of their houses trying to work out what had gone on. Um, so I went around the back of the house. Looked at the back of the house suddenly saw that there was no chimney on the roof and there was a massive great big hole in the roof. Um, and what I thought on the patio area was somebody's like lean-to garden store. Mm. Actually wasn't. It was the chimney stack, which had landed on the roof, caused a hole and then slid down it onto the patio area. Wow. And what about what about your neighbours? Were they similarly affected? Or? Yeah, I mean, basically the, the neighbours themselves, first of all, um, similar damage to the back gardens. 
um, flat roofs ripped off clean. Um, debris from other people's gardens was just transferred between others. Uh, a neighbour two doors round, they lost their chimney, which landed through the roof of the next door neighbour's conservatory, which they are normally sat in that time of day. No one they, was injured, I Which it. they were on that day. They weren't no. there on that day. Right. That was the ironic thing. The whole process that obviously just happened over a matter of minutes, um, nobody at all was injured. It was mm. amazing. Um, houses had their kind of side walls blown out. Um, a guy who runs in the, the village, we've got a, a small garage which does car sales. Uh, the guy who runs that business lost 17 cars being written off with debris. This must have made the news then at some point, surely? You would have thought so. Did it not? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, to give the extent of it, to be honest, the local news um, contacted me and asked me for some photos because um, they'd followed my tracks on Twitter that mm. day. Um, which I'd supplied, didn't quite make the bulletin. They'd been down and done some recording themselves with some locals. Um, that The extent of that was to go to the village hall, which lost its roof um, in part. Um, but the damage was half a mile away, pretty much, the right. major damage. So, worth talking about, because obviously this is this is quite valid for what we do on a day-to-day basis, mm. because what, what we saw you on Twitter when this happened, yeah. and then we saw the frustration that you incurred when it came to putting an insurance claim in. Mm, um, certainly. Because yeah. it's, it's, people don't realise, people always think that, oh, you know, insurance, buildings and contents, you know, it's uh, they take it out begrudgingly, generally. Yeah. Um, uh, but there's a very good reason for that, and, and you're a classic example of why it's so important to have an appropriate policy. So talk me through the claims process then. Yeah, I mean, what was that like? I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, obviously I come from the old school ex-bank staff, so basically it was always hammered into us from a very early point of our careers, the importance of it. So we had a uh, comprehensive buildings and contents policy. Um, obviously I won't go into names of companies, but we also had, sub on, on top of that, through current account extras, we also had home emergency cover. So the upon us evacuating the property and switching the electricity off because there was water coming down through light units, um, we decamped to my parents' house, which was about five miles away. Spent the whole of the Friday on the phone to insurance companies. This is between Christmas and New Year. I would imagine yeah. probably a skeleton staff as well, was it? Yeah. I mean, t- to be honest with you, the first point of call was the home emergency cover. Um, on that side of things, they said, oh, we'll get somebody to contact you. Um, we can come out to you, and this was supposedly to do a temporary repair on the roof, mm. stop the rain coming in, because we had awful weather that mm. weekend. Um, they said, well, we can come out to you on Wednesday. <laughs> so Five days later. Five days later, heavy rain forecast the whole weekend. So at that point, I'm then thinking, right, okay, we're not going to be moving back into the house. So then ring the buildings and contents insurance firm, and the very first phone call on the Friday was very, very short. They then redirected me immediately to another claims management firm that they use, presumably, in hindsight, used for the purposes of smaller claims. Um, So I then spent half an hour on the phone to a company in Scotland, subcontracted, obviously, um, who then said, oh, we can't send an assessor out until next Wednesday at the earliest. So in that situation, we were then in that position where nothing was going to happen on that front either. So this was the Friday, spent the night in my parents' house, woke up the next morning having spoken about it between ourselves at length, and decided to ring back the main insurer for Boons and Contents. I don't know what happened in the meantime, whether they had been aware of some articles and press coverage of what had happened, Mm. but suddenly it changed. Within one phone call... The attitude. Yeah, within one phone call, we had temporary accommodation. We were in a hotel that night for the following week. Um, And then from there, we were given a personal claims manager who is still dealing with the process from start to finish. So from a a consumer... Because you're a consumer now... 
yeah. on this rather than the instigator of arranging a policy you're now the consumer what what was the consumer journey like now i mean do you feel like you're being catered for by the insurance industry um do you think your your position with the industry and being quite well known and, and having done work in the media before does that help you know ranting on twitter did that did that achieve a positive result for you um i mean certainly with regards to the the, the current account add-on situation it did it actually got progression on that it didn't get solve it because it, we didn't in the end we still couldn't use it um, because the the level of damage which was there when they came out, they took one look and it started laughing and walked away. So in, on that side of things, that add-on that we pay monthly fees for in the current account, to be honest, it's not worth it not worth in that money. respect. You're probably just as well better off considering enhancing your main buildings and contents policy, which on the one we've got is an add-on anyway. But in theory, having one company potentially doing the lot for you is probably better, better yeah. than the mixing and matching. Um, in terms of the process of the claim and how it's been dealt with so far, um, a lot of um, time was spent and probably wasted on really the time that was needed before any works could commence really on the property. Where are you in the process? I mean, what, what are you still... Are you still um in a, in a travel tavern with Alan Partridge, or have you managed uh, to? No, not quite. No, no. We got kicked. I kicked him out of there. He just couldn't live in the same building as him, to be honest. Um, no, basically, we spent a week in a, in a temporary hotel, um, which was fine and a bit of a novelty for us and the kids for a bit. By about day four or five, we were crawling the walls, mm-hmm. um, and by that point, the insurance guy had done his visit ironically on that final following Wednesday and then from there they gave us the all clear to um, seek out a holiday let property for a period of time um, so that currently is where we still are you're still in there then so when have you got a date for when you may get back into into the house uh, not known yet it took two weeks before the scaffolding went up so at that point of view at that stage we've still got a hole in the roof um, still got a very damp room which had leaked water through the roof down through the ceilings and the light units into the kids' room, saturated that floor, went through that floor down to the lounge area as well. So at the moment as it stands, building works have started, but they're estimating another six weeks. So that would probably be around about three months, so you might be in just before Easter. Yeah, pretty much, from from the point of when it happened. Um, And that's with, I hasten to point, a very organised insurance company mm. who use set contractors to do, for, obviously for each claim they use pretty much the same contractors within a, a geographical area. And also a knowledgeable um, end user in yourself who understands the language and the process. Yeah, I, I think the thing is with it is that what I've kind of learned about it, to be honest, is that you've got to be very thorough um, and you've got to fight. We were told by friends who had been through a claims process, never had to make a claim before. I mean, we've lived in the current house now for over 13 years. Never made a claim on that or any previous property that we lived in. So we, we were new to it all. I mean, I've seen it from one side of the equation, but not from the other. Um, so from that perspective, friends had said to us, right, what you have to do is you have to stand your ground. You can't be driven by what the insurance company indicates. You've, you've got to make them aware of your circumstances, what is required, what's needed. You'd probably turn yourself into that thing you don't want to be, which is a very awkward customer. Yeah, too right. You, you've got be, you've got to become a bit narky, mm. to be honest, to get mm. anything done. And also, you've got to question things as they happen. Um, one of the things that we've been badgering them for in the in the past couple of weeks is that we were asked to clear the kids' room and do an itemised inventory of the, the possessions that were in there that were that were knackered, basically. <laughs> um, and so we spent the whole of last weekend clearing the, clearing the room, but we had nowhere to put the stuff. 
So I had the badge of the guy, the insurance guy basically say, right, okay, we need to have at least something in, a skip of some sort. Um, but then when you try and arrange that, you get the all clear cost-wise to go and do it. But then the contractors, because they control the site, won't allow you to do that until mm. they finish the major works they have to do first. So at the moment, my front and back garden are, are, are full of possessions that are going to be claimed for, but it looks a right mess. People thought you are going to be doing a garage sale in your house. Oh, yeah. Is it still going to be there in two weeks' time? Well, I mean, to be honest, it must save us a skip at least, will not it? Just, if it's uh, got... might pop down there later, see what the, what you've got going in your garden. <laughs> Isn't it expensive? It's worth uh, having. No, not really. No. no. Yeah. Um, I've never I've never made a claim on an insurance policy. I nearly did once. Um, I had quite a nice watch. Um, I was going through a very uh, busy time at, at work, and I, was, I, I turned into one of those people that just forgot everything that they, they were doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd get down to the train station, I'd forget to put my trousers on. You know, just so much going on. Um, and I went to look at the uh, look at the time once and I looked and my watch wasn't on my wrist and I could not for the life of me work out what I'd done with it mm-hmm. okay so I, I retraced my steps from the previous day luckily I've got a very boring life so I just had to go down to Asda but no one had handed it in at Asda um, I came back and I thought well I've probably I've thrown it away I must have got it thrown away with the rubbish so I did what everyone you know doesn't want to do and that's rooted around in the in the in the bin bags mm-hmm. in the garden um which as a mortgage broker i've not done since 2009 um uh and i could see the neighbors looking out behind the curtains thinking oh no mortgage broker he's, look, he's going through the bins again the market's turned um couldn't find it for loving the money yeah. um i then i then rang the insurance broker saying look you know i've lost this watch he said look don't worry get the claim in blah 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 email the forms over literally put the phone down turn around and the watch is on the mantelpiece mm-hmm. right in front of me. Okay. So the moral of the story being the relief was knowing that you've got the insurance policy there yeah. for you. Not that you ever really want to claim in it. My general line with most people on insurance is hopefully this will be a complete waste of money for you. Yeah. Therefore, you'll never have to claim in it. But it's just one of those things that's nice to have to know that you've insured the things that are important, be it a watch, be it a car, a house, yeah. you know, your dog. Well, I think or the, your income. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, th- I think overall there's the importance there as well of, of situations when they come up because certainly from the perspective of um, looking at the insurance policy itself, you know what we're like as industry people, we go into detail with our clients, but the stuff that we have at home, probably Terrible. we don't at the same level. Correct. So the biggest problem for me was over that time period when everywhere was closed was trying to work out whether the miles per hour of the limit of storm damage claims of 55 miles an hour was going to be breached or not. There is actually a clause that says that. In individual policies. We knew the actual, the, the how, how, basically how fast those winds were, roughly. Hmm. We knew it was heavy. But with that, you go online, you search on the resources online, and they were giving you various figures based on uh, geographical points, maybe four or five miles away from where you live. So if it's 56 miles an hour... Would that have invalidated the claim then, is that what you're saying? No, it had to, in order for it to so it be... Had to be over. It had to be over 55. So in it was order 54? For it be, 54, you're, na- you're, you're done. You're stuffed. Yeah, you've got a hole in the roof and you've got to... You've got to plug it. Plug it in some way. Interesting. Um, which expanding foam will not work for that purpose. Well, you've got so, you've got a very interesting anecdote now. I would imagine that your building and content sales will go through the roof, if you pardon the pun. Well, exactly. Well, well it would be certainly a situation, I think, where it adds some reality to it. Because well, predominantly, that's part of the problem sometimes when you talk yeah. to the clients, isn't it? It's like you say, the, unless you've got an ability to be able to turn around and say to people, look, this could happen. People um, like first-hand stories and they respond to them, I generally mm. find. So that's a good one. And I shall use you anecdotally with my own clients. Stu, well, I hope next time we speak, you're back in your house. Yeah, that'd you've be You've got nice. a roof. 
You're not staring up, looking at the stars, literally. No, I did almost get a monocle and try and be a bit like um, Sir Patrick Moore, rest his soul. Um, but no, no. So hopefully by by that point we'll be back in and um, life will get back similar to something close to normal. Excellent. Well, Stu, all the best. Thank you very much for that. I think that brings us to the end of episode four. Um, yes, indeed. I uh, hope that was useful to people. Again, we'll, we'll be back shortly with episode five. Um, in the meantime, thank you for tuning in and listening. Um, I was Martin Stewart. You can find me at, at London Money FS. Yeah, I'm Stuart Gregory. You can follow me at mortgage underscore stew. And you can follow us both at the LM Experience on Twitter, which is at the LM Experience. So all the best, Jude. Speak soon. You too. Thanks, Martin. Thanks for listening. And please subscribe and follow us on Twitter. And remember, there ain't no party like a highly regulated mortgage party. And your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on a mortgage or any other debt secured on it. Mm-hmm.